Welcome to week nine of Bet with Chet with Kyle Forchetti, myself, along with Alex Delvecchio and Brian Campbell. We are here today to go over the week nine NFL spreads. We're going to pick five games each, along with our best bet and our teaser play, like we always do, uh, in case this is your first time joining us. And we're also going to review the week eight games. Uh, Guys... It wasn't a great week. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of been like a round robin. One week, Campbell's on top. The next week, Alex is on top. And although I didn't have a great week, you know, when you compare it to, the, to all of us, you know, I, I had the best week. So I guess, Campbell, you're due? Yeah? I'm due. Okay. Can't get any, can't get any worse than last week. Yeah, Campbell, tell us about your plays and uh, just your overall thoughts about week eight in the NFL. Oh. Let's just put it this way. The theme of the show has been bad teams are just bad. And there's been no worse team last week than Brian Campbell. 0-5 <laughs> on my picks, down nine units. It was a dreadful week. Um, looking back at the picks, I took uh, Atlanta minus three against Carolina. They lost outright. I took Lions plus three and a half against Philly. The Lions didn't even show up to the game. They lost by like 35 points or whatever. 44-6. to six. As a Cowboys <laughs> fan, I know that score very well. 2008 finale game. Uh, Cowboys and Eagles, 44-6. to six. So that score brings back some painful memories. Go on. The Bengals against the Jets. And who saw Mike White coming for 400 yards that week? Yeah, you know, last week. Um, uh, not, as, a Jets not fan, as a Jets fan, I was happy to see it. But as a betting man, it wasn't the way I wanted it to go. Um, and then I took Washington plus three. They ended up losing by seven. And Tampa Bay, Tom Brady with that late pick six. Um, usually he's clutching those late game drives to win the game. And he ended up costing the team to win that week. So it was five losses on my end. Not a good week. Just one of those weeks. And going back to the Jets game. And then looking forward to this week, I mean, the Jets, double-digit home dogs, and this week they're double-digit road dogs. And, yeah, Mike White looked amazing. I mean, not many quarterbacks can do what he did last week in his first start, throwing for other, over 400 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, nice bounce back from the first half. I think he threw a couple picks in the first half. But, I mean, it's kind of telling that the Jets are still double-digit underdogs. So, I mean, you know – Mike White's jersey's hanging in the Hall of Fame right now is having the most completions in the debut game by any quarterback. Well, like the great Bill Parcells once said, hold off on the anointing oil for now. Just one week. Let's see how he does. I want to see if he could do it consistently. And I don't know what Zach Wilson's status is at this point. But, man, just one of those weeks. Uh, I mean, Alex, you could tell us a little bit about your place too. Uh, the good news is your double-digit favorite, uh, I guess, trend continues because you did take the Rams when they were 14 and a half, and uh, that's the importance of getting the best of the number, right? Because I think that line closed at 16 and a half, and <laughs> with the Rams being up 38 no, nothing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, you you know, we're going to put that down as a, as a win for you, but – uh, tell us a little bit about your picks and uh, go from there. You know, my sizing was bad. You know, like, I, you know, I, I hammered the Bengals as hard as I could. 
and that just killed my whole week. You know, I went to, I went two and three out of the five, and if you can size that right, you can break even, lose a unit, no big deal. It, you know, I, it shouldn't have been a five unit loss for me. Like I just put way too much on one team. But again, this is how you adjust and go forward. This week, you won't see me put any more than two on anybody. Um, and again, th- there were other games that I liked that I didn't pull the trigger on. You know, I really liked the Patriots against the Chargers, but I didn't quite pull the trigger. I should have done that and replaced the Browns with that one. Um, so, you know, got to uh, back to the drawing board a bit. But, you know, when you go two and three, you shouldn't be down five units, right? Like that, that should just be – yeah. A down one, a down two, and like it's just my sizing was really poor last week, over leveraging one team. So that's what you take from it. You know, this week I'll try to be much more balanced amongst all the games so that if I go three and two, two and three, you know, it's not a catastrophe, you know. Yeah, I had similar issues the first couple weeks, just the uneven units and kind of putting all my eggs in one or two baskets. So, like you said, it's a learning experience. We'll, we'll move forward from it. And I mean, just an example, one of the plays that you hit was was Dallas. You took them when they were two-and-a-half-point road favorites, and that was obviously before the Dak Prescott news came out. And uh, Dallas closed, I think, at a three-point dog or two-and-a-half-point dog. So it's funny how that works out sometimes where, you, in that case, you didn't get the best of the number, but you still ended up winning your bet. Uh, so... Even though we see those big yeah, point springs, sometimes the market overreacts. Obviously, they didn't know what the Cowboys had in Cooper Rush. Nobody knew what they had in Cooper Rush, including me as a as a fan. So uh, sometimes your first gut instinct you know, is the right one. There were a few. I mean, there were a few, and I remember saying it last week. There were a few games where I thought Vegas was off in terms of the talent level. Like I, like Colts being favored over the Titans was stunning to me. That game was close. But, you know, the, the Titans, you know, second half on really, really were putting it on the Colts. And Wentz was handing them the ball. Patriots, Chargers didn't make any sense. Washington's still a team that Vegas over uh, overrates big time. So, um, you know, I don't think the Vikings have done anything that impressive. And I think the Cowboys have been sort of a handful of teams that have been super reliable. I mean, I don't even have they lost against the spread once this year. No, no, and it – no. They'll yeah, so, be the only undefeated team against the spread. Uh, no. Know, speaking yeah. of Parcells-isms, you know, good teams win, great teams beat the spread. So, yeah, I mean – What's that say about Dallas? You bringing that up, I mean, I came across a stat this week, and I'm not trying to, you know, toot my own horn being a Cowboys fan or anything, but I thought the stat was interesting. Uh, there are only three teams since 1990 that have gone 7-0 against the spread. Uh Number one is the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that's when they made it to the AFC title game against Tom Brady and the Patriots, and, and they ended up losing that game at home. But mm. still, you know, a really good team. Uh, the 2007 New England Patriots, we know how that story ended. And and then the 2021? Yeah, and then the, and then the 2021 Cowboys. So we'll see. You know, obviously they're not going to go undefeated against the spread. So I, I don't know if it's going to be this week, but uh, at some point – you know, it, it's going to be beneficial to fade Dallas. I just, I, I don't know when that's going to be. So then based on history, you're saying do not bet on the Cowboys doing the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> no, don't I do mean... it. I'm, te- I'm telling you, the, the Cowboys season has heartbreaking Mike McCarthy decision in a playoff game and all over it. That's what I'm all saying. All over it. And I was surprised with how he coached in that game against Minnesota. I was pleasantly surprised, I should say. But – 
you're right. I'm I'm waiting for that hiccup in the playoffs when they're going against a really good coaching staff or a really talented team. Well, you're not going to be able to get away with that that you would be able to get get away with facing somebody like Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer, who's probably going to lose his job at the end of the year. So, yeah, you get away with it now, albeit with a backup quarterback. We'll see what happens in the playoffs when you got to play uh, quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and you know Kyler Murray and Man, uh, Matt Stafford. If, uh, if the Vikings fire Zimmer, that is such a mistake. Just, uh, you, you know, you have a bad year and you're going to fire Mike. I mean, Zimmer's one of the – like eight good NFL coaches that actually exist on the planet. You're going to fire him. I mean, he'll be hired in a second, but that would be crazy to me to fire Zimmer. Yeah. Real it's, football conversation. It's crazy how long he's been there. Has he been there since 2013, 2014, something yeah, like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, he was, uh, he came over from the Bengals when the Bengals had that great defense with, uh, who's the middle linebacker? My, Maliuga. Uh, Ray Maliuga. Ray Maliuga. Yeah. 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 That was his. That was his defense. So he came over from that tree. So yeah, it's been a while. You know, I think 2013 at least, maybe 2012. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you're only going to go so far with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. He'll put up some good stats during the regular season, but when it comes to crunch time, I, I don't know how confident you could be in that guy. But yep, I agree. That's why I really wasn't that surprised. I mean, I was surprised. Don't get me wrong that the Cowboys won that game, but. Um, I thought with Minnesota coming off of their bye as well, I thought they'd put up a better effort offensively for sure. But um, I'll just kind of go through mine. I, I was shocked with that. I-, I hadn't been so confident in a game that I was in the Patriots at Chargers. I mean, the spot was just perfect for the Chargers. But I, I was looking back on the stats after the game and kind of seeing where I might have went wrong. And, I mean, the Chargers are dead last in run defense. And the Patriots love to run the ball that takes the pressure, you know, off of Mac Jones and allows him to do what he does, a play-action pass. And that's really what they did in the game. And, that, I mean, the Chargers were up in that game in 17-16 until, um, you know, um, the pick six happened. So it's not that it wasn't the right side, but it wasn't the right side. Because I mean, New England I mean, won out. I mean, it can, be, it can be forgotten about. You know, Herbert's not an eight-year veteran. He's still a young quarterback against a coach that absolutely eats young quarterbacks alive. Like he's made his career off beating young quarterbacks. So, you know, th- that's why I was big on the Patriots last week, just because I, I know Camby's anointed Herbert as a, the MVP of this season already. I don't think that's going to play out. But, uh, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't think, uh, I don't think he's as good as everyone gives him credit for. And, you know, that offense got, got slowed down a lot by a very banged-up secondary of the Patriots last week. So. Well, the Patriots, I mean, Bill Belichick in specific might be licking his chops a little bit more this week as well as he's going against the quarterback that he made see some ghosts a few years ago. So that, that'll be interesting to see if there's a motivational factor for Sam Darnold as uh, the Patriots take on well, you know, uh, the that's Panthers in Carolina. That's a good segue because that was one, probably your best pick of the week from last out of any of us last week. You really liked the Panthers against Atlanta. I did, and – I think the motivational factor was a big thing. Because Sam Darnold, you're a Giants fan. You watch that game. He was so yeah. bad in that game. No, when you're getting pulled, yeah. yeah. When you're getting pulled for PJ Walker, I thought that was a pro wrestler. First of all, wasn't there a wrestler <laughs> called PJ Walker? Uh, <laughs> so when you're getting pulled in the middle of the game against the the Giants for PJ Walker, uh, and when they announced Darnold as the starter for the week against Atlanta, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit because all right. 
Sam Darnold is never going to be a great quarterback, but if you're going to get a decent effort out of him, it's going to be in this game after Carolina gives him another shot. If they would have announced PJ Walker as a starter, obviously that line would have went up and I would have, I wouldn't have touched it, but yeah, it was, you know, I definitely like Carolina there and then Buffalo covered as well. And in fairness, I got that good total on the Dallas Minnesota game before the DAC news came out. I think that closed at like, 50 and a half or 51 night and it was at 55 so uh that was good but the the teaser didn't hit obviously with the with the chargers and then carson wentz is going to carson wentz right oh my god you know uh that interception on his own goal line was inexcusable (laughs) you know you know campbell and i were watching the game and I, i i believe we had we had tennessee right so we had tennessee yeah and we're watching it and we're thinking we're dead. And then Wentz just kept bringing the Titans right back into the game with these, <laughs> these mind-numbingly bad plays in the second half. And then, you know, obviously, you know, what a shame that Derrick Henry's hurt because, you know, he was a non-factor in the game. And now you find out why. And he really changes the season. But, you know, Wentz was, it was so bad. So bad. You know, like yeah. it, it completely cost him the game and a huge division matchup. Um, obviously, we didn't get into this week yet. But, you know, you do wonder – you know, is your Darnold theory applying to Wentz this week in a game against a bad defense? Or, you know, we wonder how it'll happen. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right? Yeah, it's just that, that number is so big, you know. So, I'm obviously not – I can't take the Jets in that spot just of how well they played, you know, beating a really good team that's going to make the playoffs this year. So, I mean, you could look at it a few ways. Does that give the Jets confidence going up against lesser competition? I, I would think that the Bengals are a better team than the Colts right now. Um, you know, power rating wise. So I, I don't know how the Jets are going to are going to react thought, um, to that win. You know, more on the Jet Bengal because that I mean, anyone who was in a Survivor probably lost in that game. But that was the first time since the hire that you could think that Sal- Salah might be the guy for the Jets because they got embarrassed the week before. You lose your quarterback. How do you respond? And you know, by far their best effort. I mean, I, I actually liked their effort this past Sunday more than the Titan game because I thought the Titans were just kind of bad that week. I thought the Jets were genuinely good this week. So I think it was a a nice little thing for Jet fans to hang their hat on to say, you know, maybe we got the coach we've been waiting for, and now we just got to see if we got the quarterback. They were. Oh, go ahead, Cam. Sorry. I I have to thank the Jets for winning my Survivor League because – Yeah, great pick. I I used the Bengals earlier in the season, so I I wasn't able to use the Bengals, and every single person – Still alive in my league. Used the Bengals this past week. Who did you have, Campbell? Did you use Kansas City? I used Kansas City on Monday night. That's a game. That's a game we're not going to talk about at all, Shetty. <laughs> I, 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 I like to respect my my personal space. I'm you know. Listen, here's all I'll say about the game. Okay, if you bet Giants plus, you got it right. The Giants slowed them down. They played well. As a Giant fan, the, you get a taunting call on a fullback at the 50 yard line. That's Bad unbelievable. Call. I mean, what, shut up. You're a fullback, though. Just shut up. Don't talk. Don't say anything. You, you're a fullback. You catch a ball in the flat three times a year. He's, he has nine <laughs> career receptions. That was one of the nine. I mean, and, talk and about – you cost him the game. Like, what is he doing? Just shut up. Don't talk. say anything. You had the ball at the 50, and then Garrett's going to completely shut the offense down after the 15-yard penalty, and it was, it was over. Like, it, to me, the offside interception – did not end the game. The game was over off that taunting call. That was the end. It just aggravated me to no end. Oh, talk about game, season. Talk about games that you just want to stay away from for this week. I mean, I want to take the Giants so bad plus three at home, but 
obviously they put on such a good performance against the Chiefs that had to be kind of demoralizing to come up short when they really should have won that game outright. Now you're coming home. They're used to that. I know. But then you have (laughs) Vegas, and Vegas is coming off the bye, but obviously with all the the controversy going on with Henry Ruggs and his career is pretty much over. I mean, that's just just catastrophic. You know, with that game, you wonder because, you know, this is the second in-season crisis the Raiders have had, and they've responded great to the first one. Now, this is a completely different one, obviously. But the first one they responded great to. They respond to that coach. The coach has a has a really good feel for what works on that team. And, you know, the only – schematically losing rugs doesn't really kill you. He only did one thing, you know. Like, he would just hit those three catches deep a game. But not the hardest thing to replace. Not the – you know, I don't think it changes what a defense would do against the Raiders anyway. So, I don't think it will kill them. Um the Giants, to me, I mean, they had, what, 13 positive COVID cases today or something crazy? So, you know, That's who crazy. Knows who, I mean, who even knows who's going to – I mean, I'm hoping as a Giant fan they forfeit so I don't have to actually live through these games anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, the defense has been playing pretty well. Their run defense has not played a great running team besides Dallas. They held their own against the run with Dallas. But, you know, the Raiders, if you can't stop the run, they're going to kill you. And I, I wonder – the run defense is going to get worked this week, so we'll see how it runs out. But you know, it's a really tough game to handicap. I don't know if any of you guys have that game on your card, but with that being said, why don't we just get into this week? And while we're talking with you, Alex, why don't you start with your first play for Week Nine? First play game I really, really, really like this week. Um, I really like the Chargers with a low line going against the Eagles. Um, Good matchup. You know, a good defensive line is going to give Hurts trouble. I think the Chargers have a good D-line. I think where the Chargers are weakest, the Eagles can't necessarily take advantage of with the with the deep passing game. Um, Chargers off a bad loss, off a bad week. Um, Eagles off a, a pretty good win. Eagles aren't good. Yeah, I mean, we know the Eagles aren't that good. I do think, uh, you know, they're going to try to run the ball. I don't think they'll be able to against San Diego. So, uh, San Diego against LA. <laughs> um, you know, and now we're going to talk about the balance again. We're just going to try to keep things nice and simple this week. Uh, take the Chargers one unit. Uh, it's one and a half or two. You, you want to do two here, Chet, just to make it? Yeah, we could. Uh, I see one and a half or two. We can give you one and a half if you want. All right. So we'll do Chargers laying one and a half. Uh, at Philly, I don't see Philly as a team that's good enough to really stack wins, and I think Chargers still view themselves as a playoff threat. And if they're going to be a playoff threat, they need to beat the second division teams. they got to get this game, so I think Chargers will take it. So Alex is, is buying low on the L.A. Chargers, which is always a good thing to do just to kind of be ahead of the market as opposed to being one week behind. So I like that. And with with Philly last week, I mean, that was obviously a step down in class for them after Philly had they'd faced some pretty decent competition with Vegas and they played Tampa Bay the week before that. So it was actually a pretty good spot for Philly, them coming off of that pitiful pitiful performance against Las Vegas. So I definitely get the the bounce back spot for the Chargers. Uh, Campbell, do you have a play in this game? I do. I'm with Alex on this, too. I am big on the Chargers this week. I think the Chargers, as you guys have mentioned, are going to have a nice bounce back this week. Um, I feel like they had a letdown game this last week uh, against New England. Uh, New England kind of humbled them a little bit. I just don't think Philly has the same type of defense to slow down the Chargers offense. And 
Philly, um, as I mentioned last week, um, I mean, they didn't really show it against the Lions, but the Lions are the Lions. But every other week, they're kind of slow starters. And I think if they fall too far behind the Chargers, they're not going to have enough offensive firepower to get back into the game. So I am liking the Chargers for two units at the okay. minus one and a half. So just to clarify with you guys, no best bet, but you're just you're putting two units for both of you guys. I'm doing one unit. You're doing one unit. Yeah. Okay. All right. One unit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Philly kind of sticks with what worked for them last week. I mean, they finally ran the ball. <laughs> they were so unbalanced previous uh, to that game against Detroit. And we all know what LA's weakness is. They cannot stop the run. So if Philly does the right thing, they actually stick to the running game and they have a balanced offense. There's no, there's no doubt they'll be competitive in that game, but can you really leave it up to the Eagles coaching staff to actually do what works? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Well, again, and and, you know, the Eagles offense does not work against teams with good defensive ends. So the Chargers have that. So, you know, the RPO is if you have a great pass rusher or a smart edge, edge rusher, it's not going to work. So they're going to take that away and you don't even have Sanders anyway. So, now, I don't really like the matchup anyway, even if the spots were reversed. You get in the game at one and a half. I mean, basically, you're just asking the Chargers to win the game at this point. So. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely looked at this game, too. The one thing that – the only thing that really kept me off of it was the travel spot for the Chargers. It's not so bad when the team's going from East Coast to West Coast, but when they're going from West Coast to East Coast, that kind of gives me some hesitancy. But, I mean, the Chargers are clearly the better team – power ranking wise and yards per play and things of that nature. So um gonna I'm just gonna lean LA, but uh no play for me. But I'll go with an ugly, ugly dog this week. Uh really barking ugly. Oh geez. Uh I'll take Atlanta plus six. And it's more of a fade on New Orleans based on what they're gonna be throwing out there at quarterback, Trevor Simeon. Uh <laughs> you have to start to fade the Saints team, right? They have such a good defense, and they played their Super Bowl last week against Tom Brady and the Bucks. So you have to expect a little bit of a letdown spot for them. And and you're giving me six points in a divisional game. I mean, there's no doubt that Atlanta is so bad. And I, I think a big part of the reason why they lost that game outright last week to Carolina was the last – and granted, I don't know how long the organization was aware of this, but the whole Calvin Ridley situation where he decided to step away from football, I, I don't know when that news came to light. Was it in the middle of the week? Maybe, but that definitely could have thrown off their preparation for the game against Carolina. But now they have a week to kind of, you know, um, get their offense back together, uh, realize how they're going to adjust without Ridley. And, you know, obviously Kyle Pitts is probably going to be the focal point of that offense now. So it's it's more of a fade on the Saints. I'm sorry about that. I'll take Atlanta plus the points. Uh, it's pretty much a six as a, consensus so yeah uh, yeah and it's a low total too so you gotta like that when you're taking a dog i think it's 42 so do you guys have any play in this game do you well i have a question for you uh, about your do you feel the same way whether it's uh simian or Taysom coming back because they're saying Taysom should clear concussion protocol um by midweek this week uh not really i'm assuming they would do a similar thing with Taysom hill and uh and Winston, as opposed to splitting and using Hill, you know, as a specialty player, I, I don't, I don't think Hill's going to be dropping back twenty, twenty-five times. So, 
I mean, Hill is definitely a big part of their offense, um, but it, that's that's probably already factored into the line. If Hill is playing, maybe he's worth a point, something like that, but um, really doesn't change the preparation too much or my thoughts on the game. Yeah. All right, uh, well, let's go let, Let's go back to Campbell. Do you have a play in this game or you no, your second um, play? No, I, I don't have any play on that game. Um, were you going one unit or two units on that one? Oh, I'm going to do just one unit. Just one unit? Okay. So for my second game, I am going to the Thursday night game. Um, I liked what I saw with the New York Jets, and right. I think I, I think that they'll be able to keep the game close against the Colts. I think the Colts are really down on themselves right now. I think they just watched their uh, playoff hopes fade away with that blowing loss to Tennessee last week. Um, I think the Jets can keep it within. Uh, I'm I'm getting ten and a half. Um, I don't know if that's what you're getting, but I think they could definitely keep it within ten points. Yep, we'll give you so ten and a half for sure. So I'm taking the I'm taking the Jets at uh, plus ten and a half for one point. Okay, one or one, one unit. unit. I mean, yeah. Okay, we got you down for one unit. Interesting. I would call it a, a trend or a stat. I'm not huge into trends, but I came across this from. Um, Ralph Michaels on, on wager talk. Um, you would think on a short week on the Thursday game. So if it's, if a team played on Sunday and now they're playing on the Thursday night game, you would think the, the home uh, favorite or the home dog would have an advantage just being the home team in general on the Thursday game. But it's, it's not, honestly not the case since, since 2010, the away dogs are hitting about 61% of the time, 35, 22 and one. Uh, it's I would consider that a pretty good sample size over a decade. So actually, those those away dogs are are hitting, and you're you're getting double digits there. So it can't be bad. And even away favorites are hitting about sixty percent of the time too, and the home favorites are hitting about forty percent, and then the home dogs are about fifty percent. So, I mean, that's pretty substantial right there. So, um, I mean, I can't blame you for taking the points there, Alex. What do you think? Ah, you know, it just feels like a feels like a trap. You know, the Jets off a huge win, going on the road to Indy. I'm not betting the game either way, but it feels like a trap. The Colts off a heartbreaking loss. Last time they had a heartbreaking loss against Baltimore, they responded pretty well the next week. The Colts desperately need the game. I mean, desperately need this game at home against the Jets. Um, you know, you you basically need. Mike White to do the same thing. And I don't think he, I don't know if he's got that in him. Yeah. I mean, we're going to know a lot about Mike White this week after this game for sure. Cause he's riding high. He's getting all the I'll tell you, I'll tell you one good player the Jets had in that game that hasn't gotten much love yet is uh, that kid Carter they got in the fourth round, the running back. He, he runs pretty hard and he's really starting to look like a, a good player. So, um, you know, if, if they could get – if the Jets could get their O-line back together, because I know they've invested a decent amount of first-rounders into that line, you know, you'd like to see him, especially maybe next year, take that next step there to become a really good player. Yeah, I, I, I think this is going to be a game where Mike White's going to have to win it for you again. I mean, Indy is pretty solid against the run, so I, I don't know how much you could depend on the running game 
Uh, Indy shut down Derrick Henry. I think he had like, what, 58 yards or something like that? No, well, I know he had the injury. The, in- the injury yeah. happened early in the game. What a killer, yeah. though, for staying in. <laughs> and think about the <laughs> pain impressive. tolerance, the pain yeah. tolerance of Derrick Henry. I mean, he had a, he had a Jones fracture. I'm, yeah. I'm in healthcare, so a Jones fracture is very, very painful based on where it is. It's on the on the outside of the foot near your your pinky toe, and the fact that he was able to walk on it and just continue to play is unbelievable. It just speaks yeah. to his pain tolerance. Now, it probably did him more harm than good because obviously, if there's a broken bone, you do not want to keep putting pressure on it. Uh, that could just make make the fracture worse. So, but that just speaks to his pain tolerance. I mean, you just if you saw him during the game walking on the sidelines, you would have thought, you know, he just sprained a ligament or something and he's fine. And the team doctors were looking at him. They're like, Oh, he's fine. But these are people that are supposed to scope out when something's broken. And just based on how high his pain tolerance was, they were like, yeah, you're good. Go back in the game. And uh, ended up not being the right decision, but man, what, what a beast. It's, it's a shame because he was having a historic season, but all right. So we got, uh, Campbell, and you said one unit with the Jets, right? Yes. Okay. All right, Alex, give us your second play. Well, you know, um, as you're all aware, I am not afraid of big spreads against terrible teams. Oh, here we so go. Cue the horn. Here's the cue. Bad cue the team, horn here. Bad teams are just bad. Sometimes. Bad teams are just bad. <laughs> you know, Buffalo last week. Um, you know, they're getting a little bit of beef. That game was closer than it had to be. Um, it was really tough first half for them. They couldn't really get on track. Um, they did win the game, which is good, but you know, you do think eventually they're going to look like themselves again. And I think this will be the week you're laying a lot of points. I haven't gotten this game long yet this year, Buffalo lay the 14 and a half or was it 14 and a half or 15, depending on where you're going. I think we'll give you 14 and a half. Lay the 14 and a half. You'll cover this early in the third quarter. This is one of the, again, there are games every week you just sort of look up and it's, you know, it's 31 to 10 and no one's paying attention to it. This is that game this week. Buffalo is going to cruise. All right. How many units you got in this one, Alex? We're doing two. Two. All right. The double-digit Del Vecchio trend continues for week nine. And it's interesting, just while we're on this game, looking ahead to the week 10 look-ahead lines, talk about, you know, the Jets just having a huge, huge win against Cincinnati. Uh, and that was a tough spot for the Bengals. But still, to win outright as a double-digit home dog is so impressive. This week, Buffalo is laying 14.5. And, and next week, the Bills are at the Jets. And the Bills are laying 13.5. So Vegas is telling you that there's only a one-point difference between the Jaguars and the Jets based on what the Jets did last week. So either this line against Jacksonville is not enough or – the lines are just wrong for week 10. I, I don't understand that. What do you guys put into something like that? I mean, I, before last week, I would say Jack Jacksonville and the Jets are probably pretty similar. So um, I think the one game is still probably not enough of a sample size. I mean, Mike, Mike White's performance was an outlier. I don't see that happening every week. So – um, I wouldn't I mean, be surprised. What, what yeah, Vegas is surprised. telling you, Vegas is telling you that the Colts are going to kill the Jets tomorrow. That's what Vegas thinks is going to happen. Like they think the Jets are going to come back to earth and that the Colts are going to win. So if you go off that logic, because you know when the Jets look bad, they look really bad. You know, then yeah. Jacksonville could be the same. So that, that's where I think that comes from. 
where you know Vegas isn't paying much mind to the Jets' win last week in terms of affecting lines going forward. They're still treating the Jets as if they're in that, you know, Jacksonville, Houston, Miami, you know, giant bucket. It, it, it's and true. they wouldn't be wrong. That's where yeah. the Jets belong. It's yeah. true. I, I used to put a lot of emphasis on the look-ahead lines just based on what Vegas was thinking for the next week. But, you know, just to be clear, Vegas is not always right. I mean, the house always wins is what they say, right? But Vegas sometimes gets these point spreads wrong, and that's where we find the value, and that's where we could, you know, that's where we could win some money. So just because they, they have the games like this, you know, from, from uh, this week to next week, doesn't mean it's correct. I mean, if the Jets go out and win outright at Indy tomorrow, there's no doubt that look-ahead line is going to change. It's probably going to be closer to 10.5 or 10. You know, so uh, the market's always adjusting. I mean, the headline for the Colts-Jets game um, last week going into this week was... Right. You see a four-point four change in it. So right. it's, not, it's not uncommon to see such drastic point changes um, once the week is upon you. Right. And, I'm, and I've had friends that have been guilty of this as well as myself making a bet based on what the look look ahead lines are the next week for the team you're betting on or betting against. I found that not to be a winning proposition. I I just think it's another tool that you could use in placing a bet, but it it shouldn't be, you know, the make or break thing that makes you put a bet on a game or not. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And and the look ahead line um, for the Colts Jets game last week, I I mean, it's, it was before you got to see what Mike White like, was capable of. So it's really hard to judge a look-ahead line two weeks in advance when you have uh, variables such as unknown quarterbacks. Um, very true. Playing in the game. That's very true. Because what, what was that Cincinnati line? Um, do you know what the look-ahead line for that Cincinnati Jets line was? I think it was yeah, three and a was, half. It was three and a half, and it, <laughs> and it closed at ten and a half. Yeah, ten and a half, eleven. I think so. Yeah. I mean, when we got to be able to spot those market overreactions, and that's where we can get that value. Um, so it's crazy how the market can overreact sometimes. But um, I'll go with my second pick. I'm going to take Carolina again. <laughs> I'm going to take them. Uh, I did want four, but I I think with the Christian McCaffrey news, uh, it went back down to three and a half. So I mean, as long as I get the hook, I'm cool with that. Um, it's more of a fade on New England, too. I think the matchup was so good for the Patriots last week with the running game. Uh, Carolina, very solid run defense. Uh, top 15, I think they're 13th. But um, Carolina's had a, um, a challenging schedule for the past few weeks, not counting Atlanta, of course. But uh, they had Dallas before that and then a couple other tough teams. But uh, I- I'm going to take Carolina at home. And it's a combination of Carolina getting their key player back and fading the Patriots just with – how good of a performance they put on against uh, LA last week. And it's a tough travel spot for them. Like new England goes cross country uh, all the way West. Now they go all the way back East. Now they have to go South to Carolina. So um, I think it's a tough travel spot for them as well. And then again, it's another low total. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do like the, the Wong teaser thing. It obviously doesn't fit in the Wong teaser. If it got down to three, then maybe I would do a teaser with Carolina. But, I mean, you're already getting the hook um, at three and a half. So, I'll just take Carolina with a low total of 41. And uh, I will put – I'll put two units on Carolina plus three and a half. 
Uh, now that you've committed to Carolina at that spread, uh, you know, Sam Darnold is doubtful for the game on Sunday. What? Yeah, did that impact your thoughts on the game at all? I did not read that at all. Wait, what yeah, is Darnold is, he, he, is he, did get, he did get concussed in the game. Yeah, he uh, got concussed week. horribly last Sunday, and it, Matt Rule basically said extremely limited. And then if you want to be scared about Darnold playing this Sunday – um, the Panthers did sign a quarterback off the street yesterday in case they need one to dress. So I'm happy your bet's locked in after finding that information out. That's perfect. I, I was sitting on well, that the whole time. Let, let, well, <laughs> let, let, you know, let, let me change. I'm not going to pick a side in this game now. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think the under is really strong in this case. Uh, they, they signed Josh Love. I'm not even going to respond to that. Uh, okay, I did not know that, and I, I should have done my homework there. So I'm just going to, like, put that aside for now, if that's cool, and I'm just going to go to my next play. I'm going to take <laughs> – so this is a situation where you could be smart as a better, and right now the line opened up at three. You got uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati, and the threes are pretty much gone. And now it's all two and a half, Cincinnati lane, two and a half. I'm going to take Cleveland. I'm going to buy the half a point. I'm going to buy it up to three, um, and I'm going to put one unit on the Browns. Uh, I think this loss to the Jets, I, I think it's going to – shake Cincinnati a little bit. I mean, if you think about that win that they had at Baltimore, Baltimore was coming off in a really tough spot. They had just come off. Uh, they they had that comeback against the Colts, and they blew out the Chargers. So that was a perfect letdown spot for them with their bye week right on the horizon. So I don't know how much of it was Cincinnati being really good as opposed to Baltimore just losing the game and kind of you know getting ready for the bye week. So I think this Bengals loss is going to affect uh, – or the Jets loss, sorry, is going to affect Cincinnati. I think it's going to linger for a little bit. Uh, so now Cleveland – you know, if Cleveland would have beaten Pittsburgh, then this would be a tough spot for Cleveland as well. But with Cleveland losing to Pittsburgh outright, I think you're going to see a desperate Cleveland team. And, and the spread has kind of reflected that with the, all the threes gone. So – uh, I mean, the perception before the Jets loss by the Bengals was Cincinnati's the number one seed in the AFC. They're going to get home field advantage. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, oh, my God. And that seems like it's just gone away in one week, as it should with the loss of the Jets. But <laughs> I, I think it's going to linger for a little bit. So I, I think – I, yeah, I love the Browns losing Odell. I, I was going to say, before you lock yeah. in, are you aware that Odell is pretty that, that's strong? A good, that's, that's a good Yeah, that's more, I think that's it helps so. yeah. It seems like bad things happen when, when they throw him the ball. He's either dropping it or he's complaining. Or uh, I think, was it his mom or his brother saying something on Twitter? Like they his, put this highlight His dad posted a video of uh, <sighs> all the non-throws that Odell was wide open for that Baker just refused to throw him the ball. Yeah, I look, I look forward to his... Uh... But when Who's the rapper he interviewed with when he killed Eli like four or five years ago? Like, oh, I don't remember the was it Fetty Wap or something? I don't remember the the rapper. He he did an interview on NFL Sunday Morning, killing Eli Manning. Said, oh, I just wish I had a different quarterback. Blah blah blah. I mean, o- Odell, you know, it, and look, it's torn ACL in recovery. Odell, he's not even talented anymore. You know, so yeah, you know, now he's just a headache. And you know, I think it'll help the Browns getting him gone. I think. Landry is much better for that team than Odell is anyway. Landry's more of like a football player than Odell is. You know, Odell's more about me. Landry feels a bit better. Um, so I think if the Browns get back to basics, which is just 
running power row down the Bengals. I, I'm with you on this game. I think the Bengals probably are going to – might string a couple losses together here in the middle of the year. I can see that. I think so. I, I think Cleveland's a pretty decent teaser option too with – uh, you know, low total 47. It's funny how 47 is considered a low total in today's NFL, but it really yeah. is with how offensive minded it is. But getting, you know, getting uh, Cleveland over eight is, is pretty solid. So uh, it's not going to be in my teaser, but I think they are a good teaser option this week. But I'll just buy it up to, up to three. Um, you, I, don't, I don't know how this game is going to be split in terms of public and sharp money. Um, you would think that the public maybe would take Cleveland because of recency bias with Bengals losing to the Jets, but maybe the public would think that the Bengals would bounce back after last week's loss. But I, I don't know if three is going to come back on this game. So I, I think either you buy it up now or you, or you tease it up. But um, I'll put just one unit on the Browns, and let's go back to Alex for your third play. Uh, third play? So this, is, this one's going to be very um... – this will open up a whole nother can of conversations with us here. Um, I love, and I would have loved him anyway, but I love Kansas City here against Green Bay. <laughs> I think, um, you know, Green Bay's a mess right now. Uh, they might have no Devontae. They, might, uh, they definitely have no Rodgers. And, you know, the thing is, you can see the Packers are not built to, be, to do what the Browns did and just hand off 30 times in the game and win. Aaron Jones is good. Um, A.J. Dillon is good, but they're not built if they lose Rodgers to make any of that stuff work because Rodgers, you always have to play three high against that pass game. Um, it is strictly an anti-Green Bay play. You know, I don't think Adams is going to be back, I'm hearing. So no Adams, mm. no Rodgers. Um, you know, you take Rodgers off the Packers, how is the talent on that roster 1-53? to I think it's lacking. And, um, you know, I think the – you know, the – Chiefs should get Clyde Edwards Hilaire back, which is all they need. I know. I mean, if any, do you watch the Manning cast of the Monday Night Game? Yeah, they were so, hilarious. This week. So they were hilarious, but you know they were spot on. They were like, all you have to do is play super soft three high, and they cannot run the ball. You know, and I said this last week. Once you lose Clyde, and you're trying to run it with who is it, Derek Gore or Damian Williams or whoever they're trying, the offense doesn't work anymore. They should be getting Clyde back which is big for them for what they want to do, because then if you try to do that, you know, Clyde can actually get six yards and get you in those second and fours that matter. Um, I like the Chiefs here. Like them at home. Hate Green Bay this week. Um, you know, I mean, you wonder with the outbreak they're having, you know, will they even be able to have normal practices going into this game this Sunday? Because it does seem like one of those outbreaks is just, you know, there's six new names every morning. So I would go strongly with um, – with Kansas City here. One unit play, not my best one of the week. I'm saving that for the end. Keep you all in suspense. But I love uh I like Kansas City here. I like Kansas City here too. And I think I like him even more, obviously not just because Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams aren't gonna play. Uh, but just the way that Kansas City played on Monday night, if Kansas City would have put on a really, really dominant effort against the Giants, then I'd be concerned here just because we don't know what we're gonna get with Jordan Love. And the Chiefs are coming off of, you know, if they were coming off of a convincing blowout win. But the way that Kansas City won that game, they, they know offensively. They were so poor, and they really should have lost that game. So I, I think, yeah, I like laying the points here with Kansas City, and I think they're a really good teaser option as well. What do you think, Campbell? 
Uh, I'm staying away from this game. I do not like how Kansas City has looked all year. Uh, I think one game can be excusable, but this is kind of in terms it's of a trend. season. It's a yeah. season-long trend now. Yeah. And as a, as, a, as a betting favorite, Kansas City struggles against the spread the last three seasons. I mean, currently, I think they're like two and six against the spread this year. So, even even a seven point spread here, I could see this still being a field goal game with as much as Mahomes is turning the ball over this year. That it's just a game I want to stay away from. I don't blame you. I'll go ahead, Alex. I was just gonna say the 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 idea of um you know the offense struggling, and I, I hate to keep coming back to the same point. Before Clyde went down, they were second and first downs, third in points, and eighth in total yards in the league. I mean, they're wow. still a good offense. They yeah. just have – they had, in terms of roster construction, you know, and I know it seems like a joke, but, you know, those LaShawn McCoy carries mattered last year when Clyde went out, and they, they have no running back. I mean, the, the guys that are running out there, the holes are open, and they'll just run right in the Leonard Williams' stomach. I mean, the game was crazy on Monday. So I, I do think when he's there, the offense is much better. The only, you know, the only concern I have for the Chiefs' offense is that it does kind of look like Kelsey sleepwalking through these games lately. Like, have you seen his? Mm. It looked like he was just disinterested last week. He wasn't involved. He got one catch, fumbled it right away. Yes. And he didn't even react when he fumbled. Like you, body you language. See, yeah, yeah, you didn't see a reaction from him at all. Um, yes. You know, so th- there is concern there, but statistically, they're still very, very good. I don't like the Packer defense very much. And, you know, Chris Jones, you saw it last week. You know, with Jones back, that defense does have a bit of a pulse, right? Now all of a sudden there's some red jerseys in the backfield causing chaos, and it does help things out. So, Yeah, I, all, all good points. And what's even more impressive, Kansas City, they're 4-4, four and four, right? Yes. Yes. They're 4-4, four and four, and they're 32nd in turnover differential with minus 11. Dead last. And they're still yep. – 400 and they're still 500 so at and some point you got to think that those turnovers are going to stop obviously they're happening way too much from Mahomes, and, and their schedule has been relentless besides the giants and the washington team true um the schedule has been brutal i mean they've been playing a who's who every week so uh how know, many units you got on this alex how many units just the one you know one. that's the approach remember the approach of the week <laughs> balance and don't over leverage any game to try to consistently get back here because you know, be a minus five no bueno although my best pick I, I have changed my mind i am going to go three on it when i get there okay all right uh campbell let's hear your third play all right so for my third play i'm going to a game that you touched upon already um new england and carolina um I was going to be going against you on this one, though. I think that New England is going to be able to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. Um, I think P.J. Walker, I mean, he's going to learn that Bill Belichick doesn't run an XFL defense out there. <laughs> uh, he's, he's going to be struggling against uh, what New England's going to put out on the field. I think, as Alex mentioned, um, Bill Belichick just eats the young quarterbacks alive and – uh, if it's not Donald seeing ghosts out there, it's going to be P.J. Walker this week. So give me New England, uh, one unit minus three and a half. 
Okay, just to clarify, uh, I'm changing that play. <laughs> so th- I know we talked about it earlier, but uh, that is not an official play. So uh, I appreciate a little grace period to, you know, pick another game. I can look at the board and find something, I'm sure. But yeah, PJ Walker, that changes things a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. so I can't blame your Pat's three and a half play, uh, one unit. And uh, I'll just go with my next play really quickly. Um, actually, I'll just pick this one instead of Carolina. Uh, we talked about turnover differential, and we talked about how Kansas City's last in turnover differential, minus 11. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. In uh, 30th, uh, 32nd, 31st. So, okay, in 20, 29th in turnover differential are the San Francisco 49ers, and they've had a little bit of an up-and-down season. They've kind of been a hard team to read throughout the year, but I think that win at Chicago uh, is going to give them a little bit of a confidence boost uh, coming back home to play Arizona. Uh, I know Arizona has the extended rest. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Kyler Murray and his health status. Uh, I know that that game was taken off of the board um, for a short period of time when the Kyler Murray news came out that he was possibly going to miss the game. Obviously, uh, it's back up and it's, it looks like Arizona is anywhere from a one point favorite all the way up to a two and a half point favorite. There's actually a, a pick them out there too uh, at a casino in Vegas. So I don't think Vegas really knows what's going to happen with Kyler Murray. I do think I expect him to play based on what I read today, but I think San Francisco is going to get the win here at home. I think Arizona, I, I just think they peaked a little too early in the season. And we tend to see those teams at times where they're marked the Super Bowl favorite in week four. And then by week 12, like what happened to this team? I think Arizona is that team this year. They're obviously going to make the playoffs and uh, be in the running. But I, I'm going to fade Arizona. And I think San Francisco coming back home. Uh, last time they were at home, they had that embarrassing loss against the Colts. So I think they're going to have. Uh, motivation here as a uh, as a divisional game uh, against Arizona. So um, I mean, I'll I'll just do a pick them. I guess uh, I, we go, we usually go by DraftKings, right? So that's one and a half. So I'll take Arizona. Actually, yeah, one and a half. So I'll take uh, San Francisco uh, plus one and a half, and I will put I'm gonna put two units on the Niners. I love that. I love that pick. This is this was my fourth game. I was gonna do, but well, it still will be. Why not? Why change it? But- yeah. You know, here's the thing about uh, the Cardinals. One is that J.J. Watt had really become the leader of that defense overnight. He's, he's done. You know, he got hurt in that game, and he's done for the year. That's a, big, that's a big thing to recover from. And number two, even if Murray goes, right, if you take Murray's mobility away, you take him complete – you take what makes that offense dangerous completely out. Like what makes it dangerous is the extension of plays that he can do with D-Hop. If his mobility is – I mean, at at best, he will play and be impacted. And that is just not going to work against the Niner team. And, you know, I'm with you. You know, the the Niners looked good last week. And, you know, the Bears is more a team San Fran's kind of built to play against. But I just – I like this spot. You know, you saw Debo Samuel get involved a little bit last week. You saw San Fran start to get their bit of identity. Yeah, you know, like they just look like themselves again, like how you expected them to look at the beginning of the year. So I and they'll be up for this game. I mean, you know, they probably were looking forward to this game three weeks ago when the Cardinals were six and zero. So I, I definitely like San Fran. I'm, I'm putting uh, one unit on this myself. Okay. 
um, for my fourth bet. Sorry to be a spoiler, but I figure while, while we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But both reasons. Their offense will be impacted, and I, I think their defense, you know, I know J.J. Watt's not the player he was, but he is the leader that he always was. And, you know, when you take him out of that locker room or off the field, they're going to feel it for a few weeks to, to get that right. Yeah, Campbell, before we go to you, I'll just I'll read a quote that Kyler Murray had today. And this is a direct quote. I don't need to run. If I have to, I have to. But at the same time, there is a difference between running and protecting yourself. And you can't just be a sitting duck in the pocket. We'll take it one day at a time. Oh, that baby. sounds really good for the <laughs> Niners plus one and a half. If you take away his his you know his his uh, running skill set, then uh, that's just another reason to take uh, San Francisco. So, um, with you, Campbell, do you have a play in this game, or do you have any general thoughts? So, so this is going to be a three play game because I got to play on this game also. Let's go. So here we go. Arizona minus one and a half. Oh, no. This is like Cleveland earlier in the year. He said best bet. Oh, no. I've never felt better about my bet. Oh, geez. We'll give you a minus one and a half. This is exactly when Arizona played at Cleveland. And we, Alex and I were both on Cleveland. And and Campbell took the points with Arizona. So, interesting. Three three units. Oh, no. Three units. Okay. I think Arizona's got too many weapons on offense. I think – they have a better secondary to be able to shut down the Debo Samuels. And I think that San Francisco struggled a little bit with Justin Fields and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a better Justin Fields than Justin Fields is. So I think Arizona is going to be able to take this. When he's healthy. I'd take Kyler Murray at 75% over Justin Fields at 100%. Uh, No, you you would. But but you know what I would say is – not the 25% of the game that's going to be missing from Murray. You know, like if Murray had an upper body injury, like a, like a shoulder, I really wouldn't care that much, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. But getting a sprained ankle or a high sprain, you know, I mean, you're just taking what he does away, you know. Because remember, he doesn't necessarily run around to gain yards. He runs around to get D-hop open. And I just think it's going to be tough for him to do that. And remember, the San Fran D-line is good anyway. So if he can't move, you know – is coming. What do you think happened to Arizona last week? We didn't talk about that game against Green Bay. I mean, it, I mean, we all know uh, the Devontae Adams and uh, Scanling. They were both out, and Lazard as well were out. So, what do you think happened with Arizona? Just watching got, that game, they, it seems they like got, they're yeah. They got out coached. I mean, Green Bay's the coach that replaced McCarthy with is pretty good, and it, it just felt like Green Bay had a wonderful game plan to just run on first and second down, let Aaron hit that one pass. I mean, they had so many extended drives last week where the Cardinals didn't get the ball back for six, seven minutes at a time. It's true. Um, And, you know, it wasn't like a huge stat padding game either. It was just like, you know, Aaron Jones making it second and six, and then Dylan would come in to make it third and one. They'd convert the third and one and then do it all over again for, you know, four or five times. And the Cardinal offense just couldn't get on track. And then, you know, uh, the end of the game speaks for itself. But, you know, that final play was horrible for two reasons. One is yes. that it cost them the game, but two is that Murray got very badly hurt on it. So, you know. I mean, A.J. Green's got to realize it's a pass play, not a run play. <laughs> with, <laughs> with no timeouts. I was screaming. I was like, there's no timeouts? What the hell is he going to call Campbell, there? Campbell, <laughs> Alex, that play reminded me of when we used to play Madden 
you know, back in 2011, <laughs> yeah. 2012, and, you know, somebody's playing quarterback, somebody's playing receiver, and then you just don't press triangle when the ball comes your way. Yeah, it's the, it's the most not going to run spot you could ever be in in a professional football game. Oh. And he goes out and run blocks. I mean, I mean, honestly, he could have been hit for OPI because technically he was engaged yeah. with the blocker as the ball was in the air. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it was, uh, it was horrible. But wasn't the worst thing about the play in terms of long term. The worst part was when the camera went back and Kyler Murray's on his back and, you know, right. diving in pain. So, you know, yes. I, I could see it being impacted this week. But, no, I think Green Bay has – they're very well coached. I mean, that coach is good. And yep. you could see it. They just had a great plan to survive without their receivers. Um, that I don't think he gets enough credit. He, he doesn't get no – no nobody about talks him. about him because it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Yep. He is Aaron no Rodgers. No one talks about him. But you know what? The Packers were going 9-7. and seven. They were always the wild card team. Minnesota was running sure. that division for a while when McCarthy was there. And LaFleur took over. He got the team right. And, you know, they've been in the NFC title game two years in a row, right, with him? Yeah, it's yeah. true. 13-3, yeah, 13-3. Yeah, so, I mean, he's a, he's a great coach. He outcoached um, Kingsbury in that game last week. So that, that's just what did. I thought happened. I, I thought they had a much better plan. I mean, we talk about being Mike McCarthy in the playoffs, but you could also get Cliff Kingsbury, too. I mean, yep, I, yep. I would take Kyle Shanahan over Cliff Kingsbury right now. So I, think, oh, I do think yeah. the coaching advantage goes to Shanahan. Uh, I don't know how much this goes in, into the game, but when you're playing a similar – and I'm not saying Justin Fields is Kyler Murray because he's not. But when you go against a quarterback with a similar skill set, you know they're going to be running the ball a little bit more. When you go from Kyler, from Justin Fields to Kyler Murray – do you think that helps at all with your game plan? Because you're thinking, oh, we, we played something similar last week, and obviously San Fran was pretty successful against Justin Fields, other than that ridiculous fourth down run that not a lot of players could make. Uh, no, do you think that yeah, helps no, at all? It does. You know, it, it helps. Uh, you know, Murray is – and again, this is Murray when he's healthy. Harder to defend because, you know, the Bears don't have a D-hop who's just yeah. going to destroy you. Gonna say too, like, yeah, like – True, but uh, you, you, know, you it, could let, you could rush Justin Fields more because you could you could man up the Bears defenders and really you could probably cover them playing a cover zero. Yeah, I mean yeah, I'll tell you this, true. Camby. You'll know. Here's why I like the bet for San Fran. Five plays into the game, you could look up and realize Murray can't move and just know that you won the bet. Yep. As opposed to the other way where. You need Murray to be himself, and then they got to win a tough road game against a division opponent. You know, so that's just where I'm at with this game. Yeah, it's a good game, and I love that it's can't be best bet. I know. Next, next Wednesday, I'll games. next Wednesday I'll be licking my chops being able to talk about this. <laughs> what was your best bet, Alex? Did you have a best bet it yet? No. Oh, you have. I'm, ah, I'm trying to save it for the end. Ah, well, I mean, you're up, my friends. Let's hear it. Best so bet. You got. You got. We've all given You need a fourth, Jet. Oh, I didn't do my fourth. No, because uh, you punted the Panther game, so we wasted 10 minutes on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because I did not take Carolina. Okay. Uh, this is more of a fade on Denver. I mean, they just traded their veteran leader, right? Traded Von Miller to the Rams. I'm, I know the Cowboys, this is not a good spot for them. Uh, we, don't, we, we know Dak's going to play. It, it's anticipated that he's going to uh, practice in full tomorrow. But as long as I can get it under 10, I'll take the Cowboys minus nine and a half. And it's a combination of Dallas just being a really, really good football team and Denver kind of 
you know, thrown in the towel based on them trading away um, their most well-known player. So um, as long as I can get it under 10, uh, I'm, I'm good with that. I think, uh, you know, the Cowboys are playing with a lot of confidence right now and they, they're getting their quarterback back. So, you know, historically, Dallas has not been very good as a double-digit favorite. But if it's nine and a half or nine, uh, I think they, they cover the spread uh, coming back home after that after that uh, confidence-boosting win with a backup quarterback. So I'm just going to put a unit on it, but I'll, I'll take Dallas minus nine and a half. I Any like uh, that? as a count. So this is why I didn't bet the game this week because um, I looked at the report. Cooper and Lamb are are they near some hamstring injuries and not practicing? Cooper is. Uh, he had it during the game, but he went back in the game and everything. Uh, I mean, Cooper's on the injury report for something different every week. He's obviously he's not a soft player, but he's he he always has some lingering issue going on. But he always finds a way to get on the field. They'll, they'll both play. So last year, Teddy Bridgewater won me a lot of money just with his ability to keep the Panthers in close games because the Panthers were always big dogs and he was able to keep it in the spread. However, this is not his Panthers team from last year and the Cowboys have too many weapons on offense. Uh, I'm with you on this. I'm not making a play on it, but I think the Cowboys are winning this one by double digits. Okay. No official play, just uh, just a lean to Dallas. Just a lean to Dallas. Okay. All right. Well, uh, while we're talking with you, why don't you give us our uh, last play of the week? All right. So my last play of the week is going to be Baltimore Ravens laying six against the Minnesota Vikings, and that's going to be for one unit. Um, I like the I like the Ravens coming off the bye week this week. And the Vikings are starting to just prove that they're becoming a team to fade, in my opinion. I mean, we talked about how poorly Kirk Cousins has been playing and how he's not the guy to be able to lead the Vikings um, anywhere. And Lamar Jackson has just been playing on another level this year. I mean, as long as we get Lamar Jackson any time before January, he seems like a safe bet. Yeah. Once January comes around – Things change, but until then, I'm willing to back him in the Baltimore Ravens. So give me the Ravens for one unit. All right. One unit on the Baltimore Ravens. You got to think Baltimore is going to be motivated coming out of the bye week with how they went into the bye week with just an embarrassing loss. Uh, One of the worst losses, I I would say, that Lamar Jackson has ever suffered being in the AFC North. So um, definitely uh, either Baltimore or stay away. I, I can't. I can't back Kirk Cousins right now. I mean that that serious downgrade after that loss to Cooper Rush. I mean that is inexcusable. Well, so, um, I mean yeah. the, the hidden. You know what what the Vikings want to do, and the, I don't think I've made the point here yet. But you know Cook hasn't looked like himself since week one. I mean, there's no explosiveness. There are holes there that he's just not hitting. You know, and and. I'm guessing he's probably got an injury we don't know about. But, you know, without him doing what he does, the Viking offense doesn't work. You know, like it, there's, yeah. there's nothing to do if, if Cook isn't himself and he's just not himself. You know, I mean, there were there were big holes. There were screen passes that should have gone for a long way last Sunday. And, you know, he's just getting sniped after four yards in ways that he normally doesn't get. Like, I think he's got a bum wheel or something's up with him. And, you know, that means the Vikings are going to be bad because they don't do anything else well. 
So, yeah, I, I like the play from, from Camby. Um, I would just worry. You know, I always try to avoid teams off a of bye week just as a rule of thumb. You don't know how they're going to respond. So, so you know. Opposite. I like I like backing teams off a of bye week. I I try to avoid them in their going into a bye week. Yeah, especially with the way Baltimore went into the bye week. Uh, I I like fading teams that win going into the bye week, and maybe backing a team that lost pretty bad going into the bye week. Assuming they're you know a, they're a decent team, they're not one of those lower lower ranked teams. So well, can I give a good example of it? Yeah, the Bills Dolphin game last week made no sense. Right. Yeah. The Bills took two and a half quarters to look like themselves again, and you know I just say that you know it's the bye week. That's just how it is. You go a week without playing. You probably they probably were home on the couch for six full days now with the new CBA, and yep. they looked offensively. They looked horrible the first half of that game. They would have lost to probably twenty-seven teams in the league last week. You think? Like they would have lost to most teams. I can't believe they but- cover that game. It's crazy, yeah. But, you know, it, it, sometimes you just come out and it's, you know, you, you don't hit your stride until halfway through the third quarter. And, you know, if you're laying six, that could be enough. You know, like the Ravens will win, but, you know, you, you just get worried about coming off a bye, I always think. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston beat the Dolphins outright this week. I mean, that Miami Bills game, that's considered a good performance by the Dolphins. It is, so, yeah. I know it's a step down in class, obviously, playing Houston, especially if it's uh, Davis Mills. But is it Davis or David? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> you want to hear something crazy? I mean, let's look big picture-wise. Let's spend one, 30 seconds on this terrible team. The Dolphins, didn't they go 11-5 and five last year? Or 10-6 and six or something like that? I think, I think they were – yeah, I think they were 10-6, and six, yeah. They were 10-6. and six. They are one of the worst teams in the league, and they, their first-round pick is going to the Eagles. They are screwed for a long time. And this is why when all the fan bases go nuts about, you know, you need to do a full rebuild, a full retool. Who did that more than the Dolphins three years ago when they traded Fitzpatrick and got all those first-round picks? Guess what? It doesn't mean it's going to work. You could still box those picks, and now they're going to be bad for another three or four years. I mean, the Dolphins are in such a bad spot long-term and short-term. I mean, it's they They sold their soul for a 10-win season last year, and that was the peak of what that rebuild was. I mean, they're really screwed. It's true, and, and you know the Patriots, I mean, they're starting to come back now. Mac Jones, I think he's going to be a really good player, and the Bills are obviously on top of that division, so they are in for some rough years ahead. Um, anybody know if Tyrod Taylor is actually coming back this week? I'm not I, sure. I, I do not. I, I'm not going to lie. When I saw Houston-Miami, just skipped right on by that game. <laughs> No, that's very true. Um, I always, I'm always weary of those six and a half point spreads, though. You know, because why, why isn't it seven? You know, so is Ty, is that already built into the line that Tyrod Taylor is going to play or not going to play? But yeah, it's obviously a, a stay away game. Um, all right, so Alex, we need your last play of Week Nine. I bet best bet of the day, going three units on it, three units, and I will do it on the best team in the NFL total. You're just going to have to wait till Monday night for me. I'm taking the Rams. I think the Titans lost their soul last week. They lost their heartbeat. They lost everything that makes them go. There is no replacing the player that they lost. Julio's not going to play anyway. Now it is and, – and even in terms of matchups, Ramsey, he cannot wait to go against A.J. Brown one-on-one. 
the Rams are going to feast. They just bought in and got Von Miller. I love the Rams laying seven and a half. You're going to cruise. I mean, the Rams are the opposite of the Vikings. They scale up in primetime games. They do bad at one o'clock against crappy teams. I, I think the Rams are going to be phenomenal this week against the Titans. And I think the story out of the game will be, oh, my God, the Titans are so screwed without Derrick Henry. I like Three that units, a lot. Rams. All right. Three units. I, I like that a lot. Um, terrible matchup for Tennessee. And that, 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 that's a really good transition into in my – I'll just give my last play really quick. You guys convinced me uh, – well, Alex specifically. Uh, you convinced <laughs> me to take uh, Indianapolis. I'm going to lay the 10.5, and, and it's not a fade on the Jets. I, I think the Jets are better than what they've shown. Um, based on the spot uh, for the Jets coming off of that emotional win uh, game they were expected to lose. And then the Derrick Henry injury, you just mentioned it, you know – in a, in a, if that injury would not have occurred, I would have stayed away from this game. But uh, with the Colts losing last week and now kind of seeing a glimmer of hope with Tennessee losing their best player, uh, I think ten, I think Indy is going to have it's, – it's almost going to feel like a second chance at, at winning that division. Uh, yep. So I think you're going to get a really good effort from the Colts. And the fact that this number is still a double digits, I mean, Vegas is begging you to take the Jets in, in my eyes. So with a low total as well. So I'll I'll take uh, I'll lay the ten and a half. I'll, I'll just put a unit on it. Uh, I'm going pretty conservative this week. Although I'm going to put three units. Oh no, we can't. Uh, I can't put uh, units on the teaser because we don't t- count the teaser. Okay, I'll, I'll change my units from two units to three units on the Niners, and then I'll put uh, just a unit on the Colts. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven units total. So Indy minus ten and a half. Um, so the Niners your best bet then? Niners is the best bet. Okay. So Campbell, last but not least, let's hear your teaser for week nine. All right. So my teaser, I mean, I love the Rams this week also. Um, I think being able to tease the Rams down from seven and a half to one and a half is an easy, easy win there. Sure. And then I'm going against the crane of what you guys are thinking. I, I do like the Dolphins in this game against the Texans. Whoa. I did not say I like the Texans. I just I just wanted to do a one-minute summary of how fucked the Dolphins are. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I certainly don't like Houston. They Dolphins may be bad, but I still think they are a step ahead of the te- Houston Texans. And to tease the Dolphins down at home to minus half a point, uh, I will do that in a heartbeat. So I'm going to do Miami minus a half a point, Rams minus one and a half, six point teaser, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be a sure bet, a sure bet. All right. Sure bet. Sure Remember bet. Remember everyone listening. Between all of us, we uh. <laughs> Went 0 and 37 last week, so feel free to fade everything. Right now. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Let, let's bring this up. We pick five games for the sake of the show because it makes it interesting. We're kind of simulating what the super contest does in Las Vegas, uh, but that doesn't mean that we're putting money on all these bets. This is just if we were forced to play five games and do a teaser, this is what we would do. So yeah. it's just it's just a fun way to keep track and, of everything. And, and just to listen, is, you know, how many games are there a week? There's, you know, 16 or 15 based on buys. This way we can talk about every game a little bit, you know. So right. Just, uh, and it's take what to, you think. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's good to know we would place like 5,000 in the super contest. And, it's not yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, not and bad. Also, and also, like, we're doing this on Wednesday. Like, a lot changes between Wednesday and Sunday. So Very true. Um, sometimes you'll find better lines that might change which side of the game you're looking to bet when you know, come Sunday before kickoff. Very true. So that's also another thing you got to take into consideration. Like you got, you got to watch the line moves the rest of the week too. Right. We reserve the right to change a bet or uh, change a, a lean or, or a strong feel for a game by, by the time Sunday comes. So, but as yeah. of right now, we want to do it before the Thursday game so we can just get our picks in. Well, yeah. And yeah. the best example of that this week is Arizona San Fran, right? Because if Murray doesn't practice tomorrow and is limited Friday, and is going to quote unquote give it a go Sunday morning. Campbell might think differently, right? Right. True. If Kyler Murray is full go Friday, limited tomorrow, but then it looks like oh he's it's he's got his full range of motion back. Me and Chetty might change our mind, right? So just you know, things to pay attention to. You know, if anything, if you're listening to this, understand that like those practice reports matter. You know, don't ignore those throughout the week. You get a lot of information Wednesday, Thursday, especially Friday about who's going to go, who's not. Sure. Pay attention to that stuff. For sure. Uh, a good example was Dallas last week. You laid two and a half. Uh, <laughs> by the time that game happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were they were a three point dog. So what would you have made that bet knowing uh, with the Dak news uh, being uncertain at that time? No, you weren't going to lay two no. and a half before you knew if Dak was going to play. So, yep. but um, it ended up being the right side anyway. But that's that doesn't always happen. So, yep. um, Alex, let's hear your teaser. Uh, I'm gonna stun you guys. One of the teams I'm taking in this teaser. So let's just let's just all sit down and stay calm. Okay? <laughs> oh, I know it's coming. First of all, I love to do my uh, my typical shtick and take the huge spread that I like against a terrible team. I'm gonna take Buffalo. I'm gonna shrink that baby down to eight and a half. There is no way the Jaguars <laughs> keep this game within ten. No shot. <laughs> no shot. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers, and I'm going to flip that, and I will get five and a half. I believe. Uh, nice. Is my math good? Yeah. Uh, they uh, get, no, uh, no, four and a half. Four and a half. half. Okay, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Zero, is a, zero counts. And then to add six points to a game I haven't included in my bets, the oh, New so York. Three team. So you did a three team, three six team. point yeah, teaser? Three team. Yeah. I want to win some money here. <laughs> I am taking the New York football Giants. Plus nine. I like that. Plus nine in this game. I don't love the Giants plus three. I love them plus nine. The Giants are pretty good. They're pretty good about keeping games close right now. Their defense is playing better. Their defense is unaffected by COVID. And there is a shot that the Raiders just suck on Sunday. Like, it's not – nothing you can bet on at a three-point spread. But there's a chance that the Raiders just come out and it's like, oh, this isn't the Raiders team we know. So I like the Giants to keep it close and then probably lose in some excruciating, heartbreaking, <laughs> fullback at a taunting call kind of way and send me to the bridge where Camby had to come pick me up last week with a bungee cord. <laughs> and got it in at the last minute because I was really down on Monday night about the Giants. Wow. But I love them. Plus, I love them to at least keep it close. They'll lose by a possession or they'll win by a possession, you know, but I'm, the Giants plus nine is a game I really like. 
So three team teaser. There you go. Look at Alex following the long teaser format for one out of three games. I love it. <laughs> I think this is the first time this year since we've started this podcast because, you know, we're counting there's a two and a half out there with the, the Vegas Giants game. So it does fit the long teaser. I cannot believe what I'm hearing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> listen, listen, I the teasers I lose, I never lose on the big spread getting smaller. I've gotten that right. You can't, not, argue, you can't argue. You can't argue with not, facts. That's not the way I've lost it. You know, I. Do you think the Jags are going to lose that game by a touchdown on Sunday? No, no. They're going to lose by three touchdowns. So. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to kind of. Um, well, do you like all these teams to win outright? Do you think the Giants are going to beat Vegas, or you just like get the points? No, I like I like them plus nine. I think I think the Giants play good enough to lose close games right now. Okay. Alex has zero faith in them to be no. able to win out, right? Oh, yeah, no. Absolutely. But, like, I, I have a lot of faith that they'll make me think they're going to win with five minutes left in the game. And then, and then <sighs> the, I mean, they're really football's version of the Mets. They, they really are, you know? They just have a suck lever that they switch three quarters of the way through a game where it goes, oh, look at that. We found a way to lose that one. That's nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Well... There it is, the the first three team teaser in the history of Bet with Chet. So it, it seems like every week you're you're making some kind of history on the show, Alex. So I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm here for. It's easy to make history on a show that's been around for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> wait Very until true. listen, folks, just wait until our playoffs and we only have six games to talk about, and I go with five and ten unit plays. Hope you're hope you're ready for that. <laughs> oh, money management, Alex. What are we doing? <laughs> hey, I did well with balance this week. You can't, right. you can't do any worse than last year's playoffs. No. Oh. Hey, we don't got to talk about that. Listen, Tom Brady looked like shit. Okay, what do you want from me? Tom Brady cost me like $50,000 the past three years. <laughs> the, uh, the NFC title game last year, I hate to get into this. The NFC title game last year, Tom Brady couldn't throw the ball five yards to where he wanted to. He threw three second half interceptions against the Packers. It's true. And, and you know, you come off that, the Chiefs were looking fine. They look like their normal selves. I'm still stunned that the Bucks not only won that game but dominated it. I really think it was a different game after Andy Reid's son got in that car accident because historically when something bad happens to a team Super Bowl weekend, that team gets obliterated just for yes. whatever reason. And that's what happened last year. But, I, you know. He killed I me. Yeah, it did. Like, the, the Brady looked so bad in the NFC title game. You got a low line because people believed in him. And I was just like, oh, this is great. I'll take the Chiefs. It'll be an easy one. And not so much. Uh, I look back at that 2018 season. That was the year that he cost me, like, 40 grand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I don't know Brady. if you remember. But it was. I think it was his second to last year with the Patriots. They, they uh, played uh, the Chargers. I think that was – Philip Rivers, yeah, he was still with the Chargers, and I took the, I teased uh, the Chargers. They had beaten Baltimore in the wild card round, and I went against Tom Brady at Foxborough. Not the smartest thing to do, and Brady blew him out. So that was like five grand right there. And then I was like, oh, the, he's not going to win the next week. So then I bet against Brady again. Who did he play? No, that was the Chiefs game. Yeah, they played. Uh, that was the North. offside call. You got that game right. right. You know, the Chiefs guy goes offside. It's a pick and costs the, the game. Yeah. Yep, another fifteen one, grand. I, yeah, and I would yep. say that was the that was probably a better version of the Chiefs than the one that wound up winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that I Chiefs agree. team was dirty. I mean, that yeah. Chiefs team was really good because that's before they were paying Pat Mahomes. 
Exactly. Yeah. They had him on the rookie yeah. contract. Yeah. I'm yeah. the opposite. I'm the opposite, you guys. I mean, I bet I bet on Brady. I mean, it's hard not to bet on the GOAT. So Brady's I, won yeah. me a lot of money. I mean, none bigger than that twenty eight three comeback against the Falcons. I mean, that was an amazing game to watch with all the money I had on the line for that one. But, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's fun. You know, that game getting way off topic here. But, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the Falcon Patriot game, I always think like, you know, Julio Jones had that moment that great players have with that crazy sideline catch that he made. You remember that one? It was like on 2012. Oh, yeah. oh, he made that yeah. incredible sideline catch. And that game is over, over. And yep. then the Falcons manufacture a way to give Tom Brady <laughs> the ball back. I mean, why is Matt Ryan dropping back when the Pats are just doing their engage eight nonsense? I mean, you had Freeman, you had Coleman, you had a great running game. Uh, not to relitigate that game, but the shame of it is, you know, no one talks about that Julio play anymore, right? Because they lost True. the game. That's a, you know, that's one that would be on all those NFL film highlight scissor wheels. Because it was that good. It would have won him a championship and really made everyone understand how great Julio Jones was. But didn't happen. So what I remember that. Do? I remember that entire playoffs reading about how the sharp side was on Kansas City or the sharp side was on the Rams when they when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and they both were the wrong side. So I think it's a good lesson that sharp side doesn't automatically mean the right side because sometimes no. you just got to ride with a certain team. I remember riding Joe Flacco and the Ravens back in twenty. 20- was it 2012 when they when they won the Super Bowl against San Fran? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were huge underdogs against Denver, and they were I think they were favorites in the Super Bowl against the Niners. But they were underdogs that entire playoff run. And sometimes a team just gets hot, and you got to just kind of go with what you feel is the right side, and not what the sharps are doing or where the money's going. Yeah, well, and hey, you want another good not to change sports, but you know it does the stupidity doesn't just go to football. When the Braves had a three to one lead on the Astros two days ago, they still were only like minus 105 to win the World Series. Did you say go to football? Go to baseball, I'm sorry. (laughs) But the Braves were only laying 105 as a series price when they needed one game and the Astros needed three because Sharp money was on the Astros. Right. Sharp Sharp sometimes make bad plays that have a huge variance and that can change how people perceive the lines to be. True. So, you know, just – Sure, and again, some some of these games, you know, there aren't that many sharps in the world who have a hundred k to put on a football game. Sometimes, you know, the win bet in Vegas only gets one big bet a week, and then everyone says, "Oh, the sharp money's on this." It's just one guy who's got sure. a lot of money to spend. So, you know, don't always go off the sharps. Use your head. Yep, I'm with you. Um, all right, my let's teaser. Get, let's get your teaser, Chet. Yeah, uh, my teaser. Uh, I'm gonna take the Rams as well. They fit the Wong teaser, so you're gonna go through seven and three, get them to pretty much just win the game at. Minus one and a half. Um, we'll do a six point. Yeah, so we'll go by DraftKings. Uh, so I'll do the Rams minus one and a half, and then I'll take the Niners and I'll tease them up to plus seven and a half. So just a two teamer. I'm not going to be bold and do the three two? teams. You want, me to, you want me to go down to two? No, that's fine. I mean, we're not counting the teasers towards our units anyway. So yeah, yeah if you, if you, just for fun, yeah, do, do what you feel is right. No, I'll do three. Yeah, three's fine. Though. Yeah, so Niners uh, getting them over touchdown, and the Rams getting them to minus one and a half. So, um, closing thoughts: Do you guys have anything to add with Week Nine in general? With any primetime games we didn't go over, like the Monday night game, we talked about the Thursday night game. We we talked about the the Sunday night game. In, so injury injuries have just 
you know, they're starting to dismantle the season. You get a point in the in the year where injuries are just impacting every game in a substantial way. And I think we're at that point. And then you add COVID on top of it. You know, we got, you know, robbed of a pretty good game of what Green Bay um, would have been. And, you know, just Derrick Henry's out now. Saquon's basically never going to play. McCaffrey's coming back. And Darnold. I mean, you can go into every single team and just look at huge players that are missing these games. And it's what happens in week 9, 10, 11. So, you know, pay attention to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice reports. But, I mean, now I think you're kind of – from now until mid-December, you're going to be at that part of the year where, you know, teams are severely impacted. So you want to look at who's hurt and does that impact what the team does fundamentally in a way that can move the line. Well said. Uh, looking, at, looking at the Monday night game, Steelers, you got the Steelers and Bears Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that means it's going to be a bachelorette Monday for me. <laughs> Oh well, that nope. sounds like a nope. great night to me. With with no Manning cast, with no Manning cast. Oh, Manning cast is great. Weird. Yeah, Manning no. cast is so good. I mean, that hey, was... do, you, do you guys know that each guest they've had on the Manning cast, that team has gone on to lose the next week? Really? I read. Oh, I read really? that stat. Oh. They had they they had Brady on the week before he lost to the Rams. They had. Um, Try to. I can't think of the guests that they had, but every single guest they've had, they've gone they on br- to lose that next Sunday. Well, I mean, they on last. They on last week too, and before he lost to the Saints. Yeah. Oh, they, there you well, go. They had Gronk on the week before the Bucks lost. To the right. Uh, right. 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 But the um, they I mean, had Josh you, Allen you on last gems. week. You you had John Stewart <laughs> just eviscerate the Giants on ESPN two yesterday. You had Michael Strahan eviscerate Jason Garrett and say that the giant defense is just fans of the teams they face. They don't try to actually do anything. Oh. Eli, if you don't know, is a giant employee. So he, he's still kind of, you know, he goes to Quest Diagnostic three times a week to work. So he was just like, put me in a bit of a tough spot there, John. So, but, you know, you also get the gems of Peyton Manning talking about Archie Manning's stud fee, which like literally had me spitting out my soda. So that was, <laughs> that was a great one. So, I mean, the Manning cast is great. I mean, I wish they were doing 17 weeks, but, uh, you know. I think they got to give them a full season next year. It's, they have It's not that they don't want to. It's that Eli and Peyton don't want to. So they got to mm. pony up. <laughs> you yep. know, because Eli's like, yeah, I like doing it eight or ten times a year. But, you know, we're going to run out of things to talk about. They are doing a playoff game, which is going to be uh, – they're that's doing that Monday night playoff game in the wild card round. That's going to be amazing. I cannot wait for that. They had uh, Stafford on the week before they lost to Arizona. Uh, FYI, they had Josh Allen on on Monday. So they play at Jacksonville on Sunday. Yeah, Am I going to take Jacksonville? Yeah, yeah that, that streak's no. getting snapped. Both. <laughs> this, <laughs> uh, like the Undertaker streak, all streaks are meant to end, right? Uh, yeah. Right. We don't have to talk about that. I'm sorry to bring Too up the source, soon, source subject. Uh, yeah, what's wrong? Too with soon. It's been people seven could be years. Dri- people could be driving while they while they're listening to this. Well, uh, all of our listeners out there, if you want us to have a WWE broadcast or, uh, you know, a different uh, separate podcast from this, you just let us know and we will make that happen. Oh, hey, look, if you want want my raw SmackDown forecast for the Survivor Series, I'm ready. I could do that today. I mean, let's roll. Mella is money. Mella is money. They're going to set her up for a huge (laughs) run. 
<laughs> Mellow's money. Oh, geez. Congratulations on your engagement to Corey Graves, by the way. You guys make a great couple. Well, <laughs> with that being said, Alex, uh, you, you spoke uh, about your closing thoughts. And I guess my closing thoughts would be I want to see how those teams that lost either last week or the week before respond, uh, specifically the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody was touting them as the best team in the AFC. Uh, favorite to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I want to see how these teams coming off of an embarrassing loss respond. So I want to see how the Ravens perform this week. I want to see how Indianapolis performs, the Bengals. So there's some key teams, some teams that were considered upper echelon teams that either lost uh, the previous week or the week before. I want to see how they respond. Even um, I want to see how Tennessee responds without Derrick Henry. Uh, Obviously I like the Rams in the game, but but we'll see. Um, It'd be interesting. I think of Tennessee when they played at the Jets and they had those cluster injuries uh, at the receiver position and the, and the Jets won that game outright. So uh, they're so dependent on Derrick Henry for their offensive success. So I think it's going to be a slaughter on Sunday night. And you know what? We're at the, we're we're at the midway, we're at the midway point of the season. Like now is the time when you're going to start to see the upper echelon teams start to pull away in the playoff race. You're going to see, the middling teams really step up their game to try to fight their way into the playoffs. I mean, especially now that you have the extra seventh team on each side of the conference, you have more teams now that are going to be playing meaningful games in late November, well, December. I, I mean, so, the NFL, the NFL is so good about doing small things to keep teams playing through the end of the season. You know, originally it was all the division games so that nobody tanked except for the Eagles because they have no soul. <laughs> but, you know, the one bye week is awesome because it's going to keep these great teams playing every week through the end because that's a, that's a big thing to get. And I think, you know, with the Green Bay situation and with Arizona, in the NFC, you're probably going to start looking at a two-team race for that between the Rams and the Cowboys. So it's going to be kind of fun to see how those teams play going through uh, the second half of the year because I think those two – they might be on a bit of a collision course. Do they play in the regular season, Chetty? You know, uh, the Rams and the Cowboys? No, they yeah. do not. The the, ah. Cow- the Cowboys play the Cardinals the second to last week of the season. Uh, I, I I think the game that's key is the Green Bay Kansas City game this week. If they can get by without Rodgers, I mean, Green Bay has to be in the in the front runner position to have home field, the, the number one seed, just because they have, they have the tiebreaker over Arizona. You got to expect the Cowboys. Um, I believe the Cowboys have three more teams with winning records on their schedule for the rest of the year. But the problem is Green Bay only has two teams remaining left with winning records on their schedule. So Green Bay is going to coast. And if they can get by Kansas City, then they have to be considered the front runner, you know, regardless of what Dallas or um, or Arizona does. Uh, I got to check on the Rams, though, because obviously the the Rams right now are considered. I'll tell you, whoever gets. That three seed in the NFC is going to have to play a really good team in that wild card round. I mean, you're talking whoever the NFC West wild card is, you know, Dallas isn't going to want to wake up and play Arizona. Right. Or the Rams, vice versa with uh, who's the other big wild card team you're looking at? Maybe Minnesota. Like Minnesota's a one and done. No NFC East team is going to make it. NFC yeah. South. Oh, NFC South. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we forgot. If imagine if like the Bucks are a three seed, you know, and then they get Arizona, and then the Bucks play the Cowboys, 
and the yes. Rams can they like getting the bye is so big because the one seed can avoid playing potentially three of the four other really good teams, and the other ones are going to have to go through two of them. So it's going to yes. be. I can't wait for the NFC playoffs. That's going to be awesome. Rams have four teams left with winning records on their schedule. I would say they probably have the most difficult road. They have Tennessee this week. Uh, then they're at uh, San Francisco. Then they're at Green Bay. Then they get a bye week with Jacksonville. But then after that, they're at Arizona, uh, Seattle. But then they're at Minnesota, at Baltimore, and they close with San Francisco. So that, that's a tough stretch there. So no, um, certainly, certainly harder than the Cowboys going against Washington and Philly and the Giants. That's for sure. And yeah, that's what I'm about- saying. Going back to talk about the Kansas City Green Bay game, like Kansas City cannot fall to four and five. They're running out of opportunities to get back into um, the winning column. So to be able to be four and five nine weeks into the season, I mean, you're practically saying then you're going to have to go like six and one in your last seven games just to pretty much, yeah, the playoffs. The Kansas City offensive line is so. Bad. They can't run the football. I mean, well, you know, that was hubris. You know, Andy Reid tried to do five new players, and he thought yes. he could do it. Like that's crazy. You know, he had that ask, problem ask in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, ask the Giants how it works out when you try to rebuild your O line on the fly every year. You can't do it. You know, an O line, you know, it, it takes two or three years to build a really good one. You know, and and that was the great to... that that was the great thing about Andy Reid in Philadelphia. He, they they were really good at drafting, but they always kept their offensive and defensive lines really strong. Yeah. And although he, he didn't really commit to the running game in Philadelphia, that was a big pet peeve of Philly fans during that time frame. But he has to commit to the run, but he just doesn't have the personnel up front to be able to sustain a running game. And obviously with their starter out, I mean, there, there's too much pressure on Mahomes. And then you said like Kelsey isn't playing well either. And that defense is just atrocious. So, it's, I mean, it's just so easy to game plan against the Chiefs if they don't have Clyde because you can just – you can play with three in the box and limit their running game to four yards of carry. <laughs> you know, playing yes. three and just dropping eight back. And then you get to the red zone, which is what happened last week. And it was – I mean, no one could – I mean, there were blue jerseys everywhere in that in that end zone because, you know, they didn't respect the run. So then, just – yeah, go ahead, Campbell. Sorry. I was just, I, I was going to say, uh, as we're, I was talking about Kansas City being a must-win game, Cleveland, I feel, is in the same boat. I don't. I feel if Cleveland falls to Cincinnati and falls to four and five, they're done. Like their yes. chances at playoffs are pretty much going to be over. So I think this is going to be a must-win week for Cleveland as well. It's, yeah, it's true. I, I, that division, uh, that, that, that's going to come down to the last week or two of the season. I mean, you can't even have Pittsburgh out of it now. Right. You, don't, well, yeah. you, know what, you know what's going to be fun, Chet, is that you know that NBC is going to flex a huge game, uh, Ravens-Bengals, late in the year. That's going to be great. Oh, for sure. You know, the, the Ravens are – I think the Ravens are going to come out of that division. Just, just my thought. But we'll see. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be a close one, that's for sure. But that's what the NFL sets these games up for in, late in the season. They want it to come down to the wire. So it's going to be an interesting stretch as we go into the second half of the NFL season. Uh, great closing thoughts on you guys. Uh, great picks. And I uh, wish you guys the best of luck this week. And with that being said, we will see you guys next Wednesday night reviewing the picks from week nine and on to week 10 in the national football league. We'll see you soon.